All right, let's go ahead and get into it. We've been gone for a minute, like six months. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Let me stop. Why'd she start yelling? <laughs> like, okay, sis. It's like, no, we've all been busy doing stuff. Everybody's having babies, getting engaged, doing stuff, new jobs, life's happening. But it's good things. So that's that's the great part about it. Um, so we're back. Uh episode 20. Today we're gonna talk about uh the church post pandemic. Um and that's gonna be our topic for today. Uh Bobby, you wanna pray? Sure I can. I knew you were gonna call on me, so it's all right. Quite all right. Oh, I'll ask you when I'm done. Lord, we just want to thank you for another day, Lord God. We thank you for life, health, and strength, Lord God. We thank you for the activity of our limbs and being right in our minds and the blood running warm in our veins. We ask you to just bless us as we have this podcast session. We ask you to bless somebody that we might they might be blessed and they might get an answer that they need, oh God. That somebody might get insight that they need, oh God. We ask you to bless the words that come out of our mouth, oh God. That somebody, if they need healing in an area, that they might get the answer to that healing, oh God. We ask you to continue to bless us. Keep us, oh God, in Jesus' name. My very soul says, Amen. Mm. Your soul says, Yes. Ricky Dillard said that. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so the church post pandemic, obviously, it says post pandemic, but we're still in the pandemic, obviously. Um, so when 2020 hit, you know, all of us pretty much things kind of changed as far as like with church and everything. You know, many people didn't know which direction to go in you know, and how they felt about certain situations in regard to going to church. Um, so many people had to adjust the way that they do things. So that's where this topic kind of came from. So my first question is going to be, um, what do you all think the future of the church will look like moving forward? What do you think the future of the church will look like moving forward? Whether you think it'll be virtual, whether you think it'll be hybrid, um, what do you think it'll look like? <laughs> Hybrid, virtual, and in person is what I mean. Well, I think that it'll probably be hybrid. Um, people are already doing that anyway. Um, you know, if you can't catch our service, or if you can't make it in person, use our link or whatever it is, you know. Um, and it's funny because a lot of churches were already doing lives and people are always like, oh, it's just not the same. And then people are like opting to do the live. So, or watch the live from home. So it's interesting to me, the change there. But I mean, some people are already hybrid. So I feel like it's just going to continue. All right, pretty much anybody else? Not really. I, I think I agree with that. Um, I think it's going to be like that. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, obviously, if it's like that, I was just thinking more so of the joke of like the option. Obviously, if it's you have a live and you have the in person, you we are not going to make you do what you don't want to do. We can't make you do anything. So, of course, that option is going to be there. Um, so I pretty much my answer is pretty much the same. Okay. Uh, we'll get deeper into other things moving forward. Um, so let's roll on to the next question. Do you believe that the church will have to change their approach and how ministry is done? 
That's a definite yes. Um, you just, well, I'm, I'm assuming you want me to elaborate. Um, we have already had to do that. Um, and I don't want to dig too deep because I don't know where we're going. But, um, and I feel like that's um, an, a struggle for some um, as a whole. But yes, um, we're going to have to change our approach in the way the ministry is done. And we've already had to do that. And maybe I should just leave it there because I don't know where we're going next. You can go where you want to go, sis. Okay. Uh, well, yes, um, we've had to. For example, um, like Najol was saying, um, the live is what a lot of churches were doing, but not every church was doing that. Somebody might just pick up the phone and like Sister Susie might be like, oh, praise the Lord, sis, because I wasn't able to make, make service today. But some churches like like Papa Grove, like Najol's church, they already had the, the big live going on or YouTube link, but not every church was doing that. Some churches had to figure out whether it's a conference line that you're going to do, whether how you're going to do Bible study, um, how you're going to do this, how you're going to do that. Um, if they normally have like a pastor's anniversary or a revival, how are we going to do that now? Um, so they've already had to change up the dynamic of how things were going. But then some people don't like it. Some people are like, no, I don't want to do virtual. We need to have church. Um, you know, of course, the whole pandemic, some people feel the way they feel about the virus and uh, all that stuff. So they're like, well, no, I don't want to do um, the virtual or the conference line or whatever you want to call it. I want to go in the building. And there's times where because of what's going on, you might not can go in the building. So then, you know, you have that. But absolutely, as a whole, we need to we would have to, we've already had to. And it's going to I think there's going to have to be different adjustments as we continue to go forward. So, yeah. <laughs> I think the the most struggle has been like for probably the older saints who have had to adjust as well as pastors who have had to adjust. You know, I guess they have to be more engaging or different things now. Um, you know, because they're online and not in your face. Anybody else? Please forgive my background noise. I think I'm gonna hop on on my phone because it does noise isolation. But I agree with what Abby said. But I also, I don't know. I feel like I run a fine line because I think I'm about tired of virtual church. Like. I'm ready to go back into church and and I maybe I'm touching in on another question that's coming down the line because you can get complacent in virtual church. I feel like, you know, you'd be washing clothes, doing everything. It's like just not getting everything that you need. And I just feel like if we can go to Walmart and get our groceries or we can go to work, I just don't understand why we can't go to church. That's just me. But I do believe that it has changed and it is changed for the better because sometimes, you know, the mothers be sick for months. Like, you know, how we get a cold, we be back, you know, get a cold on Monday, we be back Wednesday. Sometimes the mothers have surgery, so they be out for like six months. So it's a blessing sometimes for them to get up there. And then sometimes you somewhere you can't make it. It is a blessing to be able to get into the service virtually. But I don't think it should be like a whole 100 percent because the Bible tells us forsaken out the assembly. Um, so I feel like we do and can, we can continue because some pastors that hit them hard, they weren't technology savvy. Um, like you say, like Poplar Grove was, um, so it hit them hard or they had to lean and depend on some of the youth who were and to get the church up. So I, I feel like it allowed some people to exercise their gifts. I feel like we can continue to do these things, but let's not for, forsaken the assembly. And Joe, you got anything? I mean, I agree. Like, I feel like people use COVID and having the need of virtual as a crutch now. Like, they be, you know, bedside Baptists, as I like to call it, all the time now because they have the option, whereas a lot of people didn't. Um, and I don't 
I mean, I'm not going to lie, I got a little tired of the team myself, but I mean, where precautions need to be taken, sure, but I don't look at it as a means to see, okay, I'm going to just be in bed all the time now because I'm in church. No, like, let's gather. Um, but I think the question was, do we need to adapt or something like that? I mean, you still should, kind of like what Albany said, you kind of should have been, you know, moving with the times while still right. the same, but... You know, yeah. But I, I think that this has forced um, a lot of churches to move forward or to elevate <laughs> into that spectrum, um, which I mean, it's a good thing because you're reaching people probably in Africa or wherever that you normally wouldn't reach. Um, but kind of piggybacking off of what Lindsay said leads me into my next question. Um, Hold on, that is not it. Do you believe that virtual service has made us become stagnant? Um, I know <laughs> that's a nice living room, Lindsay. <laughs> uh, do you believe that virtual services has made us become stagnant? I know for me, like Lindsay, I'm tired of virtual services and I don't really watch much of them. Um, I mean, for me personally, I need that accountability of being in, I guess, the accountability of being in service, you know, seeing the mothers of the church or whatever. I personally like that. So virtual service for me, I'm kind of tapped out of that. So, but what do you all think? Do you believe virtual services have made us become stagnant or complacent? I definitely think it's made people become stagnant and complacent because you don't got to show your face or nothing. You can hide behind the screen in your bed in pajamas. I will confess right here. I've done it before. No shame. <laughs> I have done it. But you don't have to do as much. Like, you don't have to get up at a certain time, get ready, um, iron up clothes, drive a trip, whatever. Like, you know, so there's already that portion. And then people, you know, people be acting funny on virtual too. Like, let's say your name is on the screen and they call you and you don't answer. They could say anything. Oh, maybe it's technical difficulties. But people be ignoring <laughs> when they hear their, their name's called. Like, stuff like that, you know? And when you're in church and you're called up to do anything a part of the service, you can't, but you gonna hide behind the chair. Like, no, they know you're there. So you have to get up and go do whatever did you have to do. Um, but outside of that, it's just, you don't have to put as much effort into virtual. Um, and yeah, people, some people um, probably are becoming stagnant because of it. Uh, and I feel like it shouldn't, like I've said before, it shouldn't be a crutch or something to just lean on at all times. Mm -hmm. More so, we back up. Anybody else? Yeah, I I, I I believe that um, it's it's all about you too. Like you have something to do in your walk. You can't just um, not the brick. You just can't um not do anything and expect it to fall in your lap. But I agree with Nadrol because like you don't even have to get out of bed. Some days I just be falling back asleep because I be in the sheets yeah. listening to it. And I feel like it um it allows us to become complacent comfortable, too comfortable. And it's a lot of distractions at home. Not to say there's not distractions at church, but when you get into the church, it may be your phone, it may be people walking, but you know, I feel like those are distractions in the house. When you're in your home, you're distracted by different things, kids, dinner, 
what I'm aware, you know, laundry, different things, and you're not really focused and honed into the word like you could be. So I would say yes. Um, and my comments are not popping up on here, but a comment says by Olivia says, depends on the ministry. We've seen family members be baptized um, in bathtubs and deliverance take place at home. We have shifted into a virtual church where even when we are uh, in the building, we are still streaming for members nationwide who are watching. <clears throat> um, I, I know for me, I'd say for people who were already like on the fence or not as strong as others who have gone through this pandemic and now you're telling me I'm virtual and I can be in the bed already. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm, I was already weak before. So I'm definitely weak now. You know what I'm saying? So I think it takes a level of determination and strength, spiritual strength to be able to, I guess, lock in, you know, in your prayer life, lock in and reading your word and staying consistent how you need to. Um, but anybody else? Um, yeah, I'm just kind of figuring out how I want to word the things that are going on in my head. Um, yes, it has made us become stagnant and complacent. Um, and yes, to the things that were said, um, I think it's important to clarify with the last question that we're not saying that deliverance can't happen at home, um, for anybody that is watching. I think that's important to clarify. Um, but I think the difference in with the comment, I think you said her name was Olivia. Um, I think one of the differences, and y'all can correct me, and even Olivia, you can if I don't understand if I'm not saying this correctly. I think one of the differences that you can't, that this question is stating versus the comment is that that's somebody who just got deliverance or that just is becoming into the church because you said they got baptized in the tub, I believe. Um, in order to become stagnant, you have to start somewhere stagnation is that I believe that's what stagnation becomes over time so let's say that individual that you said just got delivered or just got baptized in the tub starts their journey today but then six months later all you've been having is virtual church eventually they need something else to take them to the next level and if they find that that virtual church or that conference line is not taking them to that next level they need something more so I think that's what this question is more so tying into is that yeah, you're going to, that's beautiful that you're getting a deliverance on the phone. And that's great that somebody's getting baptized, but eventually something, they're going to reach a plateau pretty much like you do in losing weight or whatever. You're going to reach a place where you need something more. And I think that's kind of more so where this is coming to because virtual for so long is, and that's kind of what Lindsay was tapping into. And I hope we get into that a little bit later is that I'm going to just straight up say it right now. I do not believe that you can make it with just staying at home and never stepping into the building. I mean, the word says it. Um, for boy, let me clarify. I don't say that you can't be saved, but it mentions the assembly. Um, and I was just at a church on Sunday where they mentioned, like, kind of. Um, I don't care. I'll say I was at upper room on Sunday and he was preaching. Um, and Darren, Pastor Darren Farmer was mentioning how um, he was just kind of mentioning like that old school. You know how. It would move from breast to breast, basically, and it blessed my soul because I grew up in the church where we would have Terry in service where the lights would be out and the lights would be low and you could experience the spiritual, um, the, the Holy Ghost going from breast to breast. How are you going? You can experience that on the phone, but it's nothing like being in the church where the spirit hit her and the spirit hit me and the spirit hit him and the spirit hit her. It's not like that 
it is because God can move, but it's nothing like going in a church and the mother having the spirit of discernment and she already can tell you what's on your mind. Or there's nothing like going in the church when you see your sister and your brother singing on the choir and that gives you the eagerness to do the same thing. So when you are on a virtual level and it's like it's for so long, it's for so long, what can keep me might not keep Ayana. What can keep me might not keep Najol. What can keep me might not keep Lindsay. Everybody's different. Um, and I hope this is helping the question out some, but as a whole, you do get stagnant being at home. Um, it, it's it's the, the key word is accountability. You have nobody to keep you accountable. That's why for, even if we weren't in a virtual, assembly, uh, virtual world right now, when you see different people that slack off and come into church, and nobody's keeping them accountable. Eventually you're going to find your way completely out the door because you've lost that accountability and nobody's holding you responsible or accountable for coming to church and being on time and coming to Bible study and coming to choir rehearsal. So it's like, okay, well, once you're out, you're out and it's harder to come back in because you've lost that accountability. Yeah, the accountability is key. And also just having that connection, like <laughs> when you're at home, that's where so many things set into your mind, uh, depression, uh, anxiety, you know, the feelings of loneliness, all of the things that, you know what I'm saying, that can be a hindrance to your growth. So I just personally believe I'm tapped out with the virtual stuff. Um, that's just me personally. Um, and this leads me into kind of piggybacking off of what Lindsay said also. So how does the church or church leaders, I don't, I really don't want to say compete, but that's all I could find. How does the church or church leaders compete within the virtual world spectrum? Um, just like Lindsay said earlier, there are so many other things going on. Like if I'm virtual, <laughs> right under a YouTube video or something else that I probably want to watch, or there's so many other virtual services going on, you know, who do I want to watch this Sunday? Do I want to watch this? Do I want to watch this? So how does the church, you know, and church leaders kind of find their place in all of that? Let me say this first. Um, I understand why we're having virtual church. I don't want nobody to be or my pastor will come back and watch and say, I understand. I understand the new variant. I understand how contagious it is. I understand that we're trying to protect our members. I understand. Um, but I don't think you have to compete. I feel like if you are, I think that's what's wrong with the church today. Everybody trying to compete. Everybody trying to steal members. Everybody trying to go what's popular. Everybody trying to go where um where they shouting every sunday but if to me it's a blessing i find it a blessing because there are some services i can't be in so if i hop off my virtual conference line i can go get some more i can go watch bishop i can watch bishop jackson um at living waters i can watch god and light i can watch so many other churches people who aren't named i could go watch um pastor barnes or Pastor Guy Barnes, I can go watch Sister Vanessa Diggs teach Sunday school. I feel like it's a blessing because we can get as much word as we need. Um, so I wouldn't say it's, it's competing, um, but if you really got a spiritual mind and you got a spiritual appetite, I would go eat up all that word. I mean, because it's all about your appetite. What are you trying to get it from? And I feel like it's a blessing because I've gotten more word, met with people um, in different spaces to me. 
That's kind of what I was going to say. Um, I know you said you didn't have a better word. You couldn't figure out what word to put, but compete. But even without the word compete, I think it starts with the individual because um, where is your mind at? I think it starts there. Um, because if you want a word um, from the Lord, you, you're going to, you're going to want to watch. You're going to want to get something. So it, it kind of will like make it less stressful for spiritual leaders. Uh but I'll I, say ahead, I'll, like I'll, no, I'll say go this, ahead. but what I mean is for like far as competing, like I said, there's many virtual services. So you might you might look at Upper Room or you might look at um News on Temple because they're banned and slamming or their praise team always going yeah, in or their service is always high. And then right. you may go to your service and it's dry or whatever like that. You know what I'm saying? So that's okay. what I mean as far as like right. how can church leaders and, and the church compete with stuff like that. Well, I don't I don't think it's just with virtual. I think I was just talking to Nicole about this today. I think it's about being engaging. Even if we weren't virtual, your church has to be engaging, period. You have to come up with the times. No, I don't mean God is the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. This has nothing to do with changing the word. And y'all know I say this all the time. This has nothing to do with changing the word or changing who God is or changing salvation or changing the apostles' doctrine or changing holiness. You have to come up with where we are virtual or not and i think you have to make things more engaging and more appealing so if they are and yes music is a part of things being appealing let's be real especially for the younger crowd um but it's not all about music either because y'all know i'm a firm believer in what do you do when the music stops um so i think it's about being more engaging i don't know i'm not a pastor well but get into um find out what the young people want find out what they like um find out what would be more engaging um, <laughs> I've said this in other elements that we all know of. If you find out what they like and gather their ideas and compile it together, maybe then you'll attract more. Um, but if you don't, then you'll have attendance. Um, and that's virtual or outside of virtual. Because me personally, to me, it don't matter if it's virtual, if it's a tent revival or what it is. You have to be engaging. If it's music, if it's not music, if it's a program, Whatever it is, you got to keep it going. The same old, same old thing. It's like when we was growing up and they had um, Bible study, but then some Sunday nights they had PYPU, and then we still had a whole night service after that. You have different elements to keep you going all day, all month. If you don't have that thing going, it, they don't want to keep coming back. I mean, it's like if you go to a restaurant and they only have one type of drink, one type of entree, one type of appetizer, you're not going to keep coming back because they don't have different selections. It's the same thing with church. You have to keep it engaging. Yeah, I mean, and pretty much even things outside of church, like do stuff with your youth. I don't care whether it's play basketball with them, something, something engaging. Obviously, do the spiritual things as well, but also the natural to create a deeper connection with them. Uh, Nigel? Um, I was just going to say find a way to or the best way you can convert what you do in person to virtual when you do have to use virtual. Um, and one thing, I don't know who I was talking to, but um, that was said about that was, you know, if you don't know, like we were talking about the older saints and things like that, or maybe older pastors, or just people that are not tech savvy, um, you have youth. They've been on these phones all day making these elaborate TikToks and all sort of stuff. They can tell you how to, you know, do a, I don't know, a presentation or something, you know, because getting on a virtual and just talking, 
you know, I mean, hey, but if you're dynamic, you might got it. But anyway, <laughs> but my point is not just just talking, but like like uh, I mean, was saying being engaging, like what are you using? What else are you doing to make a virtual not feel so virtual is really my point that I'm trying to get to. Um, it's made me think of like um, we've had I've been in like game nights with people where, you know, we play games via virtual uh, use the chat to like see who gets answered for like different things like whereas in person to be oh who raised their hand for you know different things but just a way you're not going to be able to do it completely because you just are not you know have as many resources but how can you convert or make the experience almost the same using the technology that you have right i mean and if you have youth like they know how to use TikTok and all of this stuff. Like, make a creative video with them. They're like, engage or stuff like that. Like, just be creative. <laughs> um, so, I mean, do y'all think... Let me see. Do you... No, Siri. Uh, do you think that you need to go to church, period? Like, do you think that we need to go into the building? Like, that's a necessity? Yes. Like, first of all, maybe if somebody is a bedside goer, I, if you're watching, I would honestly like to know why do you think that you don't have to go, if, if anybody. But if you're not, that's fine. But to answer the question, yeah, I do believe so, because it's like was mentioned before about um, not forsaking the assembly of the saints. But it's just... Yes, because I was getting ready to go to the book, but you... Okay. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. But it's to me, for me, I don't get everything I need at home. Um, it is about the individual and where your spirit is and things like that. But the the togetherness makes a difference. Like the physical togetherness. Like, yeah, you're together. Like we're together right now virtually and all. But if we were together physically, like the one episode we did in, in D.C., it was a different vibe. I'm sure everyone can agree. And that's that was just you know kiki kaka type of thing, but I'm talking about like church. It's gonna be a different you know type of energy or whatever. So all that brings about I don't know how to describe it, but different things that I just don't believe you can fully fully get a virtual. I'm not gonna say you can't get it at all, but fully. Um, and y'all was coming to church anyway <laughs> before virtual, so. What's the problem now? Like, I don't understand. But again, I would honestly like to know if someone's watching. If not, then you're just not going to get an answer. What it is, or what is your reasoning for that you think, okay, I can stay home. For Ayana, please let us know if somebody says the answer <laughs> in the comments. That I can stay home for the rest of my life and, you know, get what I need and whatever like that. But that's what I have to say. I um, really would like to know that. Oh, sorry. No, you oh, need to say Unique said, my friends, Olivia said, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Olivia said, assembly is an absolute um, necessity. Go ahead. I agree, Olivia. I agree. Um, I mean, I forgot what I was getting ready to say. The Joel was saying something. Oh, yo, I feel strongly. I, I agree. I just, obviously, well, obviously that's scripture, but Nijol like said it like when we was in DC we had a different vibe just by doing the podcast together but it's like even when you get together with your friends is it not different well FaceTime's a little bit different but still FaceTime a regular phone call and then when you get together and you go out to dinner is that not a different vibe and we're not even talking spiritual yeah, and then I mean, let's bring it to the spiritual room 
Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm saying like people fall in all type of stupid stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, up the steps and down the steps. I don't understand. I'm, I'm confused. I'm genuinely confused. Unique voice. But anyway, seriously though, like I don't really understand that. Like how if somebody's watching and you feel as though you can make it all the way and you don't need anything more, like you can really seriously watch virtual church and never step foot in a church basis. I genuinely would like to know that because I personally do not believe that, that that's going to work. I don't. Um, because of the scripture, that's my first thing. And then the second thing is, is how? Like, spirit move from breast to breast. So what is, how is it moving? Couch. And I am a little sarcastic, but I genuinely mean that. I have never understood that. Like I said earlier, the old mothers that have that spirit of discernment or your friend in church that you just need that support from, or the deep conversations that happen in the in the household of faith. I mean, just so many different things that you just don't get unless you go into the building. I just, I don't, I don't really get it. I don't. And I, it was leading. Oh, you know. And I think some of the reason why people don't go back into the church is because of church hurt. And y'all know we've kind of talked on that a little bit too. And church hurt is a thing, um, but. People didn't die for you. Jesus did. Um, so, I mean, I really would like to know that, but I agree. I'm, I'm done talking. I just, I mean, we're in a pandemic time, so it's a little bit different, but you need to go into a building. I believe that. So somebody, please help me if you believe that you can make it all the way and not step foot into a church ever. I don't think so either. I think that, yes, it's convenient. It's almost like teleworking. I think it's convenient. I love it. But do I get more work done when I go into the office? Yes. Um, because there are less distractions. I don't know if it how it would be if I were at home without kids or I, that's not my cir circumstance. I don't know. I'll be could speak more to that one or Joe could speak more to that or Nani because they do be working from home. Um, so, but it also was, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go on to All my business now. Um, one, one thousand, one, but two can put 10,000 to flight. And I just feel like there is something when we get together, can you imagine? I ain't even gonna go that way, but it's just so much you can get together. I personally don't think, and there are people, so there are people in the world who they probably in their country, they cannot go together. Like we can go together. Um, they even in the disciples time they didn't go to church like that all the time that's why it was such a big thing when the disciples were together um because they could get what they need they were spread abroad trying to go but it is a blessing to be able to come together and i think that it is it is needful it is necessary uh it's critical i think without it our we do things for convenience sake and yes church from home is convenient but we don't need to be convenient this flesh um it, it, it'll, I don't know the scripture that I was about to use, but it just, it wants to be comfortable, wants to be padded up, and wants to be, but we have to get out of our comfort zone to move how God wants us to move, to grow how God wants us to grow, to do things how we're supposed to do. So I believe that, I don't believe you can make it and not go into the house. But I'm not saying it's never been done. I'm just saying personally. So what would y'all say to people that would say that going to the physical building is like the old way of doing church. 
<clears throat> or the old ideologies or the old traditions um, that I think between 2020 and now, people have thrown so many of the older traditions um, away from the church. But what would y'all say to people who are, you know, would say that maybe going to church is like, it's a thing of the past. Um, well, no, y'all kind of answered that already. Kind of. Oh, because I was about to say something. <laughs> oh, go ahead. <laughs> because to me, it's like, how can you call that a tradition? Because if we're going to get technical. I mean, I mean, because, you know, they say like, oh, we don't have to go to, um, we don't have to be in Sunday school service, night service. We don't have to do all of that anymore. It doesn't take all of that. So what would y'all say to that? Well, <laughs> I would Isn't say it's call something a tradition. Go ahead, maybe. It's one of those things that created by man that they've held on to, and the things that we're supposed to be letting go of probably held on to for far too long. Um, going in the building, we have stated how it's scripture. So, I mean, yes, that's, I guess someone might say, oh, that's of old, but. I don't see how you can say that, okay, we can toss that and I can be at home. I can be in the gym in church or whatever. <laughs> like, I just, I don't see how you can call it that. It's not like, let me tread lightly here. <laughs> I don't know. It's not like, let me say. True, sis. Let me, let me use this because I don't believe people still do this. I'm not sure if you do. I do not want to offend, but. Like how people would say, I haven't heard in the years, um, women can't wear red or something. That's an old tradition. That's not biblical. But again, we have said how we're in the Bible. Church or the assembling is it's in the Bible. I don't I don't see any culture. Would you like for me to get it or I don't come out? Well, go ahead. I don't know. So no the scripture, but go ahead. No, I was actually going going to I read the scripture. I'll go ahead. 25. Oh, I mean, y'all can read it. I was just saying this. He was, I just want to say this. The word is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. There's nothing new under the sun. Um, but it the Bible says, I'm not gonna argue with anybody, but I will give them the word because it's right all by itself. Not forsaking the assemblies of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. And we see that the Lord's coming is nearer than when we first believed. We see the sin. We see the blatant disobedient acts toward God, the blatant disrespect to God. So how do we think that we just going to make it by ourselves? Like even the more. They say even the more. So we need to be doing think- more, not less. Go ahead. No, nah, Yana was going. Um... No, I was just going to read this uh, scripture that one of my boys sent me. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions, hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or um, our epistles, Second Thessalonians. Go ahead. Uh, uh. <laughs> no, read it again. It was too fast. <laughs> I said, therefore, brethren, stand, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or our epistles. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, that's the thing. And I, this is something I have said. I used to say to David all the time, like, 
that's the thing. People go by what they think or what they feel. At the end of the day, it's not about what you feel or what you think. It's about what the word says. And like when you said, the word is all right by itself. So you can feel as though feel as though you don't have to go into the church all you want. But again, this is my belief based according to the scripture. And even if the scripture wasn't there, I'd still feel this way because logically to me, it doesn't make to me. And I don't want to offend anybody. Maybe word. Um, logic. Let me just bring it back. Like, so basically, just like we were saying, when we went, we, we had, we were in DC and we did a podcast session there. The vibe was just, it was different. It was way up, you know, cause we were all together. We cracked our jokes like we normally do. And we were together. It was love, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> but same thing with church. Um, when you're just together and you feel the love and you feel the power of God and you feel the anointing um, from the prayers from whatever it might be, it is just so different than anything. Um, it's just it's just different. I just don't see. I don't see how it could. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it's not what we feel or what we think. It's what the word says, and the word is all is right all by itself. So I think that's where people get mixed up. They're like, well, I don't feel. And sometimes it's like, well, I don't feel this way. Well, sometimes we're not going to feel that way because we don't want to feel that way. So, yeah. Right. Um, this leads me into my next question. How do you think uh, cultural and political views has impacted church attendance? Um, obviously, you know, from 2020 really up until now, there's been like you had the George Floyd situation, Breonna Taylor, you had Trump to Biden. You had so many things. Wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. There's so many things that have literally dictated people's attendance to church. Like I'm going to go to another church because they don't wear a mask. <laughs> Evangelicals. Um, but, <laughs> you know, so what do you what do y'all think? Um, how much do you think cultural and political views has impacted people's church attendance or even what church they go to? It's, it has had a great impact, um, almost a divide, um, because some of the things that you said, like people have their views. Let me just use start with COVID. People have their views on COVID. I mean, I don't see how you can have <laughs> views on what's there it's just it's there but you know they think that oh we're all saints you know god's got us we can spit in each other's face and we'll be fine we won't spread anything and then the same ones that think like that contracted you know thank god for the ones that have survived um god rest the souls of the ones that did not but it's just like we have to still use common sense here, people. Like, you can't use, oh, God got us as a crutch for everything because God also gave wisdom. Hello? Like, it's not just to run around and say, he's going to do this, he's going to do this, he's going to do that. He don't got to do nothing if you don't want to. Hello? Like, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, people, you have to use common sense because, okay, God got us in COVID. So I'm not even going there. Anyway. But with that and other things, you just have to be wise um, and take it back to scripture. Because again, a lot of these things are dividing people, like people in church feuding with each other. Well, or let's talk about- They wouldn't do that. Yeah, let's talk about politics. Well, this politician said he gonna do this and we gonna do that and da 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 And this one said this, 
he ain't gonna do that or whatever. And it's just like, what does God say? Because at the end of the day, he has the final say over all of this stuff, you know? And I feel like we get so lost in the issues of the world, we forget like what the actual main goal is, what we're supposed to be focusing on anyway. And I mean, we should be in tune to an extent anyway, just, you know, because you should be knowing what's going on in your everyday life because it still affects you. But it shouldn't be to the point where it consumes you to the point where you can't, I can't go to St. Church and Lindsay because, oh, they were a mess over there or something like that. Like, I don't know. Like, you, you just, you have to be mindful of those things and draw yourself back when you see yourself getting away. And if someone is trying to tell you, like, hey, brother, hey, sister, that's not the way, you just have an open mind, you know? Just don't do it as an attack or don't take it as an attack and understand, you know, where they're coming from because people have, I mean, I feel like it's maybe a little settled now, but during like the height of 2020, 2021, people was wild out. But anyway, that's my answer. I think, uh, <laughs> I mean, we're not going to act like people literally didn't leave churches because, you know, their pastor believed in modern or because, <laughs> you know, they, their church wanted to wear a mask. Like, even in just going to the grocery store, there's a lot of, and I'll just say it, there's a lot of white people who do not want to wear a mask. They feel like, I'm like, how did you, how do you think we felt all them years of slavery? Y'all feel like slaves now because you got to wear a mask. <laughs> like, but it's, it's a real thing, like where it's, I think it's really impacted people's, it determined what church they want to go to based on things that have nothing to do with God. But y'all can go. No, I, I basically agree with Joe. Um, and y'all know how I am about masks, but because um, I mean, I actually like it. Like you're breathing your hot air. Like I'm trying to pick out my juice, and you're, you know, in the air. Like keep that over there, you know. But um, I do think that people, especially like Joe said, when it first came around, people were tripping. Um, and it's like, oh, I know that ain't you arguing, but you were just wrapping ta 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 over the altar, you know. So it's like, you know, people just there was, you know, it was something that was unfamiliar, which everybody's human, you know, so it was something that is understandable, but I do think it has impacted church attendance because it works on both sides. Like some people are angry about the mask, but then some people don't want to come because they're really nervous about it and they don't know, you know, what's going on and, you know, they just, they don't like it. They're sickly, you know, and everything like that. So that now is a member that's not coming because of A, B, C, D, E, you know, whatever. So, I do think it has impacted church attendance a lot. Now, the political views one, I really didn't know people felt that strongly about it because y'all know I don't really dig into all of that. Um, so I didn't know that because for me, it really doesn't matter. I mean, who you support like that, um, we, we don't have to tap into all that because I typically don't. So I didn't know that part. But as far as for like the mask mandates and different things like that, I mean, and I can honestly understand it to a degree um, because if there are certain things that are put into place and it seems like you're not, like, because if I go somewhere, there's no hand sanitizer. I'm like, okay, I don't understand because dirty hands. But I've been like that before the pandemic. I don't like dirty hands. Like, we shaking hands and we, and you in your nose. You know, so it's like, you know, stuff like that. I, 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 I don't get it, you know. So, but yeah, that's pretty much, I do think it has to pack the church deficits. I agree wholeheartedly with Jake's comment. It's a little long. Um, we were stagnant before the pandemic. And I feel like the pandemic was a wake up call that when you can't be there, when you don't have in a perfect attendance, it's getting there on time, 
do you have any power to back that up? You know what I mean? A lot of times we were checking boxes off because we were checking boxes off because we was the deacon, the head deacon, and we counted the money every Sunday. But when all when the song is over and when the music stops, do we really know Jesus? And I feel like that's what the pandemic has taught us. Kind of went sidebar from the question, but I think that a lot of time we say cultural cultural political views yes it has impacted the church it has become a divide um a dividing mechanism um and it's we lose focus of the big picture on why we were there and i don't agree with everybody came back with the same mentality because everybody didn't come into the house with this can't come back with the same mentality that we're going to be the same way that we were before but i do agree with that you can no longer have 72 services. People ain't trying to go to 72 services. What we need all them services for for building fund. And that's all it is, is building fund. Ain't nobody getting delivered. Ain't nobody getting healed. Ain't nobody being made free. Ain't nobody going in the water. And I'm not trying to be funny or trying to be deep. It's like, it's, <laughs> it's so much more that we have to do. And I think y'all used the word engaging and I looked because I didn't really want to use the word engaging, but I looked up engaging. I was like, uh, I can kind of see. But the Bible says, after that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, shall receive power to become my witnesses. And in your witnesses, you got to be engaging. Don't nobody want to come to your church if you talking about your church. First of all, if you talk bad about your church for two weeks, I mean, I ain't even going to say two weeks, all week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then on Friday, you tell your cooker, well, we having a service on Friday. You might as well come. Would you really want to come? No, you wouldn't. So it does have to be engaging. Um, but I do think those things, it's a, it's a it's a trick of the enemy to separate us even further than we were already sec- separated pre-pandemic. Can you elaborate? Not for what? Elaborate on? On it's a trick of the enemy to separate us more than we than we already I are separated. that we're already split. Um, I heard somebody say a couple years ago is everybody having all these convocations with one and two churches and 10 and 20 people. Convocation was a grand celebration. And it's all because of people that are continue to break off and break off and break off. And I believe that if you, y'all know me, I am, my views on certain things are far left than even what you guys' views on. And I'm talking about surrounding the pandemic. Like, I don't believe that your political views, it don't need to be in the church. It don't need to be pre, like, what does your political, you speaking of political views, how is that going to save the people? Like, what, what benefit, how is it beneficial? Why is it beneficial? Why am I getting up to, I mean, yes, we have to speak and we can speak, get up and speak and talk about, let us pray for our president. Let us pray for our leaders because the king's hand, the king's heart is in the hands of the Lord. So regardless of what way these people are going, we, it is our desire to continue to pray for them, that the Lord touch them, touch their minds because you don't know what they're going through. But to get up and to say, this person doing this, this person doing this, what? How how is that beneficial? And that's what I mean by it's just another device to keep us separate. If you want to get vaccinated, get vaccinated. If you don't want to get vaccinated, don't get vaccinated. If you want to vote for Trump, don't vote for Trump. If you want to vote for Biden, I mean, it's just another thing to say your favorite color is red and mine is pink. 
oh, we can't be friends because it's not close. Your color is red. It's not close enough to my pink, so we can't be friends. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not being funny. There's so much at stake in the kingdom of God. There's so many souls. People are coming virtually, I suppose, and in-house hybrid model, and they're broken. People are coming, and they're barely hanging on with a thread. And there are times sometimes where I have an expectation and I'm praying and I'm going to church with a mindset expecting God to move and I get to church and y'all talking about Biden and Trump. I didn't come to hear about that. I came to hear about he that shall come will come and will not tarry or that, you know, a heart regulator, that, you know, a healer and a deliverer. Now, if we have focus groups, you know what I mean? Because some people may not be educated on it. If we have certain focus groups to talk about political, but I just don't think it should be the topic of Sunday morning service. That's just me. I'm not no pastor. Forgive that was me, pastor. If that is offensive, you know, call me, text me. Because um, I want to be right in the word and in the eyesight, even with my leadership. Um, but it's just like people, souls are at stake. And culture and political views are not what's going to save the people to me. I do. um, I do agree with you. I will say that, for example, when the George Floyd situation happened, you have people who have mixed churches. You have people who have people who are black and white within their churches. So there was like a lot of splits within those churches where black people felt like y'all haven't said nothing about the situation. Y'all haven't stood with us. We feel like, you know, we're kind of outcast. So I guess that would be my pushback to that statement, but I definitely agree with you, but I have seen it to where, you know, it's been that split within, you know, those mixed churches where black people feel like, you know, outcast, like, this whole situation happened and you didn't say anything about it or whatever like that. So again, it goes back to like, what's your but purpose? But I think that's and, different. I think, you know that, I, mean? I think speaking on George Floyd is different than now say we Political. go to a church and it is 70, 30, 70% um, uh, demographics are Caucasian and the 30% are African-American or other or Pacific Islander, whatever. Um, and you can clearly see the anguish and the pain and the disdain on those faces. Now, I believe that you can get up and say, I, I, I don't know what to say, but it'd be like Moses and ask the Lord to fill your mouth um, and say, we stand with you. We are not a church where we believe that this is right. But I, I believe that that is different than getting up and trying to spoon feed your political views to people. Y'all can tell me if I'm wrong. I just feel like that's different. No, you're right. Anybody else have a comment? Well, that was my last question. Uh, Really good topic that led many different other ways. Um, I don't see any... All right. Well, if that is all, then we are done. We will see y'all when we see y'all. We don't know when that's going to be. <laughs> Maybe next week. Uh, we don't know yet, but we'll definitely keep y'all posted. And um, thank y'all for watching.